Welcome back to that rugby podcast run by the sports booth. G'day, g'day. Uzi after a, wow, a week, a, a massive week of a rugby. massive week. A lot has gone on, obviously, Women's Rugby World Cup, yep. Autumn Nations Series, and today some award nominees announced and not announced. Yes, which yes. Which we'll go over. I know there's one big one that immediately had me scratching my head, and I know... Had you scratching? Yeah, had me heartbroken, yeah. soulless. I uh, there was a pit in my stomach and it was yeah. empty, and I was just, I was, I was dismayed at work. I was deeply, deeply hurt. From what we've seen on Instagram, the player in question would be more than happy to fill any holes that you might have. Luke. <laughs> oh, fucking hell! Uh, I'm going to move on real quick from that one, <laughs> but I like that from you, Chusey. Um Let's let's start with with the biggest game in rugby from the weekend: the yes. women's rugby world cup final. What a game! What a game! Fantastic game! I'm going to put it up there. I'm a New Zealander, Black Ferns fan. If the English don't get a red card, they win that game. Yep. I want that said first and yep. foremost. That English team is incredible. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. How are we saying that? Circumstantial. Part of being a great team is not making mistakes like that. It is exactly not it. doing stupid shit that gets you red carded, like running headlong into another player, <laughs> using your head as a battering ram. It's been out of the game for a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, and look, that's part of being. That's part of these games about winning these finals. It's what we criticise the Wallabies for constantly is discipline because you might have the most talented players, but if you can't keep them on the field, then what's the point? I will go back to my favourite quote about sports that I've ever heard from Mike Tomlin, which is your greatest ability is availability, right? If you're not on that field, it doesn't matter how good you are. Yep. Yep. And I mean, it was it was a clear read. It was there was no argument about it. It was not an intentionally dirty play. Yeah. Um but again it's one of those talking points that had a massive massive impact on the results. Dare I say not the most controversial call of the weekend. Definitely not. But again, it was uh yeah, it was it was an interest like that English team again are uh, so structured, yeah. so well built. The, the the best example of that, I didn't get to see much of uh, the full game. I watched uh, in full the first twenty minutes before I had to leave. I watched some of the highlights later, but in full in the first twenty minutes, one of the biggest things that I saw was the uh, English mall offer off the lineout, and the one they got right after the Black Ferns got their first try. Yeah, right. So they're down. Uh, I was about to say down a man. They're down a woman. They're down yep. a player. Um, and they still just bullied their way through New Zealand over the line, like 20 metres. 20-odd right? metres. It yeah. just superbly structured in how they got to the line and everyone knew where they were supposed to be. It was fantastic. It was, a, it was incredible rugby to watch. Yeah. And, yeah, there was – you can see why this team has probably – has won hey, 30 games in a row. Mm. And you can see why – this team is ahead of everyone else at the moment. They've got a really good cooking game mm. and a great four-pack, and they don't make many mistakes. So, obviously, the red card was the biggest of the mistakes, whereas it was very much... It was a game where it was flair against structure, I felt. Yeah. Like, it was really like that. The, uh, the New Zealand, the Black Ferns, their outside backs and 13, Stacey Fuller, against, you know, that English juggernaut that is that four-pack. Now, uh... Fantastic game, fantastic advertisement for women's rugby again. Like, they're every single time they've been asked to deliver, they have delivered and yep. delivered just end over end. It's been fantastic, and this tournament has been fantastic. And this game's going to move professional um, for for many good reasons. Now, I say, and I put in our run sheets: be careful what you wish for. Now, it was funny enough. I actually read. Or an article today, which Steve Hansen was heavily involved in, mm. former All Blacks coach, where he said he actually muted the commentary of the All Blacks in Scotland and yep. was, I guess, he wasn't, he was disappointed purely because of the commentary. And he just said, there's so much pressure and expectations. It's like, first 10, 15 minutes, the All Blacks were fantastic. All of a sudden, Scotland come back and they're like, oh, this is. The worst All Blacks team we've seen in a while, rah, rah, rah. So he said those level of expectations is what you just don't see in the women's game where mm. they seem to go out with a lot you know, less fear that they're going to do something wrong because they haven't got those level of expectations. Yeah. Now, I make a pretty, pretty big argument that the reason the men go out there with those level of expectations is because they're paid pretty good money yeah. to go out there with those level of expectations. So 
I just wanted it to be highlighted. Be careful what you wish for, woman, because at points, at the moment, you're in probably as much as you deserve to be paid. Don't get me wrong. This is not what I'm saying. But with pay and with payments becomes expectations. Now, yep. our captain and player of the game, Rue Demont, the first five, 77th minute of a Rugby World Cup final. New Zealand won a penalty. Yeah. Down a man, 34-31 up. All right. About 30 metres out from their own line. Any men's tournament, you kick that out, you waste time down. She takes a quick tap. Now, this is very much Blackfern style. I get it. Takes a quick tap. We end up giving a penalty away on the other side of halfway, which ends up leading to two more penalties, and they're down on our five-metre line. Yeah. If we go on to lose that game, that's a critical moment yeah. where in the men's sport – you get shredded to pieces. Roasted. You imagine Richie Monga has a C next to his name and he mm. decides to do that for the All Blacks. He would be torn apart. Uh, unfortunately, I think he'd get some pretty abusive messages on Instagram, which yeah. is, you never expect. But with expectate, with payment and with the level of expectations, just be careful what you wish for. Because I, I get it. I get they need to be paid. These don't, don't, I'm not trying to argue that. But then everything starts to go under more of a microscope. Our sponsors, we're paying you to succeed. So you're paid yeah. to win World Cups. You're paid to do this. And if you aren't making the right decisions 100% of the time, it's bad. And, and we see it with Australian rugby at the moment with what they've gone through for the past 10 years. It's just, yeah, be careful what you wish for because everything will be scrutinised. You watch yep. that English line-out will be scrutinised for the next, you know, Two, two-ish years, three years until they get to the World Cup where they had an opportunity. Their mall had been working so well. Don't know why they didn't go to the back, but again. Uh, so I just go, as much as it's not scrutinised, if, if that was the English men's team in a World yep. Cup final and they lose a line out at the front when your mall's been so dominant, it would be heavily scrutinised by the media. So yeah. I just, yeah, I, it was. I see what... Um, Hanson was saying where it was like, yeah, the women seem to play with a bit more freedom. It's because they don't, they aren't there yet. Like, I'm sure in those it, first few years of yeah. professionalism and rugby, when you know they didn't have journalists breathing down your neck, it it, it wasn't that bad. Well, even, yeah. even in the last 20, 20 years, right? And uh, I know we like to put it on social social media and things like that. One of the funniest things I, lo- I love seeing online is a lot of older people will come out. Oh, this generation's all about now. Everything needs to be now. The reason this generation is like that is because the older generations put things in there to make us expect those things, right? We, when we were growing up, like we didn't choose to be like, "Oh, I want everything now." That was what was put in front of us. Of course, the younger generations have adapted that, and it's the same in the news media, right? Everyone wants their quick headlines now. They want their big headlines. They want lots of clicks. The reason they want that is because they've been taught to want that. Right, so there's no patience for journalism or anything like that anymore. There's no journalistic integrity or anything like that. It's just get the the story out there as fast as possible. If there's mistakes, oh well, who gives a shit, right? We'll put it. We can put a retraction later. No one's going to read it anyway. But we'll still get the ad clicks and whatnot. So with me, with that has come much more intense media scrutiny because you need to be putting more news out there. So you need to be looking at more things to to post about, right? And so where, you know, 20 years ago, uh, a brain-headed decision, sure, you get some criticism over it, wouldn't get anywhere near the level of criticism you get nowadays. And that's that's media and that's sports betting. It's those two things yeah. um, combined. Because everyone, you know, with the, the rise of how much sports betting there is now and the ease of access to it, you know, everyone's got to punt on every part of the game. So you miss, you miss a kick, you've cost uh, someone money. Right, and that's not your fault, right? You know, it's you're just playing the game, but to them, it is your fault because you've cost them money. So, I, it, so yeah, I get what you're saying about the the pay. I think the pay leading to increased scrutiny. I think the pay is the is a symptom. I think the the cause is more eyes on the game yeah. rather than necessarily money. I think they they both contribute to each other. The more the women get paid, the more people will probably watch them because they'll play at a higher standard and they'll still get paid more, and it'll be a bit of a cycle. But I think it's, as more eyes get on the game, more expectations will be uh, on these teams. Right now, uh, the Wallaroos I think had a really good tournament. Uh, obviously didn't make it to the final, but you know they they got uh, they got as far as they got, and 
everyone was pretty positive about the whole thing. I didn't see a whole heap. I did see a number of media articles about it. I didn't see a whole heap of scrutiny. Like, yeah, yeah these girls played well. They did well to get as far as they got. Uh, and I think that's really where, like, sports media sort of needs to get back to in the men's game as well. Like, far out. Like, at the end of the day, like, it, we've had such a great example this year from Michael Hooper, one of the leading figures of the game, of how that pressure can affect you. And you need to just remember at the end of the day, these are all just people. Yep. They're all just people going out there and playing. Um, and to dip in the NRL world, in the last two weeks, we've seen a couple of really big stories as the Rugby League World Cup's going on. First one that comes to mind is where Harry Grant said some rugby league players are better off being on the tools. And everyone immediately criticized him. Oh, he's on $700,000 a year. How can he say that? First of all, Again, it's an example of the media scrutiny. He didn't say that about himself. He says some of the blokes that are on 50 to 60K deals or $1,000 a week training trials would be making better money on the tools and probably have less physical injury. And that's what he's saying needs to change. He wasn't talking about himself getting a pay rise. He was doing his job as being an NRL Players Association representative and talking for the lower-level players, which make up the majority of the player base. The star players are very few and far between, and they're the ones that always get talked about and their pay as well. But most players are on... Uh, to be frank, fuck all money, yep. right? Um, so we saw, he, that's a great example there. And so he's in the middle of a Rugby World Cup tournament is getting torn to shreds about that when he's gone out there and put himself on the line for other players. That's not the that's not the, the biggest issue, but again, you can just see how easily someone's words can be taken away and how that can affect them. Other one is obviously now with Samoa making the uh, World Cup grand final. There's huge talks about origin eligibility and everything like that. And so many comments about these players only love Samoa. They don't love Samoa and Australia. They shouldn't do Origin, this, that, and the other. And it's just like, far out, guys. Like, this is, it's it's just rugby league that they're playing. Like, it's a game at the end of the day. It's there for entertainment. Um, And you're just tearing these poor blokes to shred about. These young guys, right, early 20s. Right, Stephen Crichton's 22, right? Tearing these young guys to shreds over what, at the end of the day, is... Nothing that's majorly important. Yeah. And we see that in rugby as well, right? With the, you know, we, if we're looking at our results this week, we had Australia losing to Italy <laughs> and we had the All Blacks struggling against Scotland, yeah. managed to get over the line. And it's just been wave after wave of criticism. Um, and you're right. What you said is the expectations are higher in the men's game. They absolutely are. But it's to the point now that, you know, instead of celebrating a historic achievement from Italy and being like, look how far these Italians have come, it's how shit are the Wallabies? Like, these players should be ashamed. Why are they playing? So on and so forth. And it's like, you know, it's negativity sells more than positivity now. Yeah. And that's a really disappointing uh, part of the game. And it makes it hard to enjoy enjoy rugby because all you're hearing from even the analysts, like the former players, are getting stuck into to each other because they know that they need to keep ratings up and that's the way they keep ratings up. And it ma- makes the analysis hard to listen to. So let's just all be a bit nicer, guys. Yeah, yeah I mean, well, with that, let's let's talk about this weekend's Autumn Nation yes. Series and let's get your opinion on the Italy result. I, look, I actually said last week, we had a little prediction of the scores last week and I was very conservative with my scoreline. I said it's going to be probably a pretty close game. And you said... Well, I think Australia, the Australians will blow the Italians out of the water. I so, said, oh, I don't know. The Italians, after their last game, they look, they're, they're not a bad team. Turns out I was right. <laughs> Turns out I was right. I mean, it's not that surprised to me when you look at the sort of raft of changes and fresh faces the Wallabies had in there. Yeah. It's really not that supply, surprising, right? Uh, one of the Italians, uh, fantastic try from their um, fullback, whose name I can't pronounce. Capazzino. Capazzino. Cappuccino, yeah. Um, <laughs> just, he, he put a great dummy on uh, Marky Mark, Mark Nwanga Nitawase. Uh, yeah. And that's that's something that, against probably a more veteran winger, probably, probably would have got mm. taken out there, right? Yeah. Um, and that's stuff that comes through experience. Uh, ben Donaldson missing the kick at the end of the game. Young kid, the end of his first Wallabies game, has to make a conversion uh, to win it, I'm not that surprised that he missed it. Uh, you know, it's it's a bit it's a bit like yeah, they, these the young guys they're learning. Um, it's dis is it disappointing for sure? For sure it is. I you know I but again though the Italians are, are 
coming along. And that's great. That's what we want for World Rugby. We want teams to be uh, more competitive. However, that is not to say that I'm not entirely without criticism, right? Yeah. There definitely uh, needs to be – I mean, look, uh, that's a game that we should have won, yeah. right? And I think there was – there's been some articles about that where – the, the Wallabies sort of going went into that game with a probably a little bit too much confidence yep. of a, and a little bit uh, less structure than they uh, they should have had. Maybe too many changes, maybe uh, too much viewing the Italy game like a test against a much lower grade side rather than um, a, a Six Nations team. Uh, yeah, look, disappointed with the result, but we, we live and learn. I'm more disappointed by... The France result than that one because that that French game we could have won and legitimately should have won, yeah. right? And against a very good uh, team who's now on like a twelve game win streak or something like that, yep. being every top ten team, right? That's a game that we could have won and we we should have won. And I'm more disappointed by that result than I am by the Italy result. I guess yeah, yeah. If you take take it from your point of view like that, a game where you played up to France's yeah. level versus a game where you played down to Italy's level and they got the better of you, obviously, in both times. But, yeah, your performance against France was better, quite clearly, than your yeah. performance against Italy. And then and then to be let down by one moment at the end, it's like well, that's, you know, that's sort of classic Wallabies, whereas the Italian game, we put ourselves into a position to win at the end, uh, but we missed the kick, mm. right? Uh and yeah, it, you know, but it's both both results are disappointing. But the French one, I look at, and I say, that shows the potential that we have as a team. But it also shows exactly all the problems that we have and why uh, why we've lost twenty Bledisloe's in a row or whatever it is. Like that's just it. Just it just highlights the the same old issues. And yeah, I mean, there's talk and probably rightfully so about Dave Rennie's um, head coaching security. I mean, I can't see him being moved on before the World Cup, but I mean, I I think bar uh, bar winning the World Cup, I don't think he'll be coaching beyond that. Yeah, it's really tough because I, I don't think Dave Rennie's done a bad job. Yeah, but we're in a results driven business, yep. and this is with those expectations. You know, it's again, it's another one where we go. The expectations are that Dave Rennie's going to get these Wallabies to a winning result, and. They look good in against against England in that series. They look good in one of the All Blacks games in the Rugby Championships. They've had their moments, but consistency and discipline, two really key words in international yeah. rugby that are letting you and your Wallabies team down. Now, you did predict four and one. They're now, obviously, one and two. So yeah. your prediction for the Wallabies tour has gone right out the door. Uh, mine's still alive. So yeah, three and two. That's fine. We can... As an, as an Anzac supporter here, as an Anzac speaker, we can come back from this. And your yeah. Wallabies can. They can make a statement against Ireland. I Absolutely. think a lot is going to be made of this Italian result if the next two results don't go your way. Yeah. If you get win the next two games, no one's everyone's no one's going to think about that Italian game. It's going to be like, we beat the number one team in the world. So yeah. it's a massive I, game. I, I would say as well, if the... If the <laughs> Wales result doesn't go our way, more so than the Ireland one. If the Ireland one doesn't go our way, I don't think it'll be that bad unless it's something spectacularly bad. If, But however, if we lose to Wales and we come out of this tour one and four, that's pretty bad. Yeah, that's, well, where, that's where a lot of chat is, especially losing to Italy and then losing to, to Wales, especially after the All Blacks put on a shellacking of Wales as well. I get that Wales just beat Argentina. Now, I, I know, but I'm just, I'm just saying we, we look at New Zealand as our measuring stick yeah. right here in Australia. How do, the teams that New Zealand played and beat, that's what we've got to be trying to do and things do that. like that. I guess, yeah, 100% again, like if you look at, if you lose to Wales and you go one and four and your one win wasn't convincing against Scotland, yeah. it's like uh, this is two, you know, end of year tours, automation series in a row that Rennie's had and you haven't. You haven't really performed, and it's, and that's very concerning going into a World Cup. But we are going to be playing these in Northern Hemisphere teams and in Europe as well. Yeah, hundred percent. I just think Rugby Australia is too conservative to make a big move like that before a World Cup. And I don't think it's necessarily the right move because, like, the only way I see it working is if they move Rennie on and they promote someone internally, which is the Brumbies coach. 
Dan McKellar. Dan McKellar. That's the only way I can see it working because they've got to be mm. in there. To bring someone else in now just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, that's a whole new platform, a whole new thing. If they were like, hey, McKellar's in there, he's got the trust with those Brumbies players, we'll put him in, we'll push him up. I, I, I don't see it happening unless something goes absolutely wrong. But then again, the Black Ferns, to back off their performance, seven months ago, Wayne Smith took over after the Black Ferns ran for all their issues. They went to... Europe at the end of last year got their absolute pants pulled down by England and France. So it's not outside of the realm of possibilities for a coach who could do that, but I just don't know if it's the right move in the men's game where you've got so many good teams at the moment. Yeah. I mean, look, the the only thing that lends a little bit more to that as well is that Dan McKellar is not the he's he's not gonna be the Brumbies coach next year. So he's he's not having to worry about super rugby. So they could you know, pull him in as as full time Wallabies coach. However, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen at the end of this ordination series, yep. right? That, that's that's the only time it can happen. If they don't, if Rennie isn't moved on, then I don't think he's moved on at all yep. because you need that time. Then you've got nearly a full twelve months um, for whoever your, your new person is. But uh, yeah, and again, even that that's going to be an excuse. They say you don't have a good World Cup performance. Oh, we only gave him twelve months. So then you get stuck in this world where you go, do we give? Then another, see, I just think it makes more sense to go, hey, we're not happy with your performance, Rennie. Let's say he loses these two games. We're not happy with your performance. You've got 12 months to show us, and you'll have this World Cup. You do something at the World Cup, and we'll think about it. Yeah. What do you What do you reckon is, because let's, let's be honest, I, unless he wins a World Cup or a Bledisloe next year, even a Bledisloe, I don't think holds him. To that spot. Unless he mm. wins the World Cup, I don't think holds him there. So what do you see, what would you like as a Wallabies fan to see happen to that head coaching position if Rennie was to be moved on at the end of the next Look, World Cup? I, I don't know if this is me being a one-eyed Waratahs supporter, but I'd love to see what Darren Coleman could do with that. Oh, because yeah. everywhere he's gone, he's had success. He's yep. built programs back up. I mean, we saw what he did in one year with the Waratahs, right? a complete turnaround from not winning a single game to back into the finals, right? And with potential to, and competing against the top teams, you know, big results against the Crusaders, right? Took the Hurricanes uh, all the way to the end and things like that as well. And just, uh, yeah, I, I'd i love to see what he does with the Waratahs this year as well. But, you know, he went to America. He had success there with the LA Galatinis, I think they're called. He had success with Gordon as well. He's, he's a winner. He's won championships and he's won them recently. Right, and that's I think with Rennie. Rennie, yeah, he won with the Chiefs, right? But it was a, a fair bit before he was uh, Wallaby's head oh, coach. Yeah. So uh, seven, eight, maybe. Uh, or was it fourteen, fifteen? No, I, I think it was uh, uh, with the Chiefs. No, it was like twenty thirteen or something, wasn't it? I don't know. Um, but it was a little bit before he was the Wallaby's coach. So Coleman's won. He's won championships recently. He's done a good turnaround on the Waratahs, and that's what we need. Is we need someone to do a bit of a, a renovation job uh, on the Wallabies, right? Yeah. If it's not Coleman, look, I'm not across the head coaching ranks of the world, yep. but I wouldn't mind seeing someone from the Northern Hemisphere brought down rather than fishing in the New Zealand pond again. Interesting. Well, there was there was rumours that maybe Eddie Jones would be... Would come back? Yeah, I think that would be... That'd be perfect, right? Because look, he it'd be be a good sort of uh, apology to him for the way he's been treated in the past by Rugby Australia. In a new regime coming in saying, "Hey, we're not going to repeat the mistakes of our predecessors." Yep. Here we go. He's had success. He got to a World Cup uh, World Cup final. He's beaten the Wallabies. He's made this England team a fearsome opponent. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. I'd love to see uh, yeah, him or someone else from Northern Hemisphere or with Northern Hemisphere experience to bring that different style here. Like, I, I look at Rennie and I, I, don't, I don't really know what he's done differently than what Michael Checker had, has had done, done. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and Checker as well was hamstrung uh, by a toxic rugby Australia <laughs> regime that has since been uh, kicked out, right? Uh, and I've got a lot of sympathy for Michael Checker. Again, Maybe Waratah's bias, but yeah, he was certainly getting uh, oh, blamed for blame for everything at the end. You look what he's doing with Argentina, and yeah. I know they lost on the weekend to Wales, but he's recorded a win against New Zealand and New Zealand, and a win against England and England. Like 
Those aren't small feats. Yeah. You know, like, and that's what that's what I'm just saying. That's something Dave Rennie hasn't done. Dave Rennie hasn't done. Uh, and what will be interesting to go back to the Eddie Jones point is he's one of those coaches, you know, a, a Michael Checker, mm. uh, you could go Hanson type thing. Uh, just those minds of the game that know how to win games as well and win yep. big moments. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's all interesting. I think Australia rugby is not in a terrible place, and and I like you tagged me in that article about potential a private yeah. e- private equity deal, and to, to get some money. And it's not a bad idea if they can bring in some source of some money. And I like there's a lot of I think positive thinking happening in the back of Rugby Australia's mind. They know the next that the British and Irish Lions tour 2025, yeah. the World Cup 2027, the World Cup 2029. From 2024 to 2020, uh, 2020, 2024 to 2030, 2030, fuck, 2024 to 2030 is a golden era yep. that they need to get right with how they develop this game. And yep, I think, 100%. yeah, I don't think it's need to be and make a change, but I think whoever that, even if it's Eddie Jones and they go, Eddie Jones, we we'll sign you at the end of the next World Cup to take us to that 2027 World Cup. And at somewhere along that point, maybe two years in, we're going to find your pre- predecessor and go. Your successor. Successor. Sorry, not pre. Yeah. And go put them into the, as an assistant coach. And then after that World Cup, when you retire, yeah. we put them in. There's no. The Tim Sheen's Benji Marshall. Exactly. Situation. There's no fear. Master and Apprentice. There's no fear. We're not going to get rid Darth of you. Darth Sidious, Darth Vader. <laughs> we're not going to get rid of you. There's no yeah. fear with that. Like, obviously, we're going to be watching your performance and we'll have these KPIs that we expect you to hit but we're not going to be getting rid of you before yeah. that World Cup. You've got that time to build a winning team. I think it's such an underutilized thing in coaching, but I guess it's to do with the, the age of coaches and things as well. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I, I like I do like the sound of that idea. I mean, you look, the All Blacks have done it for I mean, Henry, Hanson, mm. um, Foster. Mm. Fuck. There you go. And that was free, bang, 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 all from the same... Yep. Same cloth, uh, exactly how they wanted it. Talking about the All Black coaches, the All Blacks yeah. were winning in Scotland. Uh, job done. We'll just move pretty quickly on to that one. It was a, a bit of a nervous yeah. watch in the morning when I got up and watched it again. Bum clencher that one. But they got the job done, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, France beat South Africa in one of the games, not the game of the year, I just well, want to say. yeah. We say that, right? But far out. The to have a game decided, potentially decided, by a communications issue between the on-field refs and the video refs. That <laughs> fuck <laughs> Jeff Tuvey, There's got to be an investigation of this. Yeah. Like that's horrific. And this is the one time I will be on the same level of complaining as South Africans. Like <laughs> that is egregious. That. It, it, that, that makes you believe the South African conspiracy theories that world rugby is against them and that all refereeing is against them. Like Ugh. that it's, it's enough to do that. That's, that's the worst thing that could have happened to world rugby. Cause now every Springbok fan is going to be like the, the refs are against us. Just look at this game against France, mysterious communication. Issues. Every refereeing decision that goes against them in the future, they're going to point to this and say, look at how world rugby has treated us. That beyond just looking at it from a Springbok perspective, looking at it as a fan of the game, that's really bad. Yeah, that's really really bad. That's some that's some elementary shit that yeah. should be sorted out. And if you have a comms issue, just fucking wait. Yeah. Just you know, you need to get the game right at the end of the day. That's the whole point of having the video ref there. You've already stopped because you want to check the try because you're uncertain of it. Right, and you think that there might be something wrong with it. So, if you already have that level of doubt, in my mind, you don't award the try. If you've already got that doubt, you know. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But, or you, I mean, simply on field pause decision, it. Still, there's times there's like, I, I, yeah. and I get what you're saying. I don't want to disagree because I'm not disagreeing with yeah. you. But in the end, a decision has to be made. And if he, when he first made that decision, was a try. Yeah, that you. Like again, we we ask for quick movements. I don't. I'm not blaming Wayne Barnes. I'm also not yeah. blaming what you're saying here. Like I'm not disagreeing because I yeah. think it's a fucking joke. That how does that how does that happen? Yeah, 
I don't think it's the on-field ref's fault. It's it's the people who were talking to him telling him you need to just make the decision and move on. Yeah. It's the it's that that whole yeah. procedure. Right? I mean for fuck's sake, just stick a poster in the window of the video ref's bunker that comes out and where it says no try or no try, yep. you know, or do like what the NRL does, you know, where they have the, you know, the KFC bucket, the hand goes towards the piece of chicken, all right, and you wait for it and it comes up, he either gets his hands after where he picks up the chicken, try or no try, yeah. right? The video refs could still do that. They could still put stuff it could on have been the board. Surely yeah. been sent down yeah. somehow, yeah. Yeah. We've all got mobile phones. Yeah. This day and age. Well, right? I don't know if they'll be allowed to have these on them. No, but someone on the sideline could have had them, right? The, not the not the officials, right? Yeah. But you could have an official outside the video ref's bunker or a security guard there, right? And a security guard <laughs> on the side of the field. Like, you can't tell me there was no one within 10 metres of the video referee that didn't that have a mobile couldn't. phone, that couldn't communicate with someone on the field where you have a phone call. Right, we've got mobile or phones. Surely they had a, like a walkie-talkie already. Yeah, surely walkie they've got stuff like that. Exactly. You right. Know? There's there would have been a way to to communicate. Um, and for me, it's a really bad look for the game. It, it is. It's, yeah. the, it's the main thing. Um, but yeah, I and I, and it, what it does, and what happened in this conversation is it's taken away from discussion around the game itself and the players and the effort that they put in for a fantastic game, because this is the the talking point now. Yeah. See, it is a talking point, but I. And I get it, I do get it, but I think there's too heavily a decision or like a emphasis being made on that decision where it's like you still had a chance to win the game. Like yeah. there was other moments in that game. Obviously, Peter Steph Detroit getting recarded in the 17th minute. That which again, his first ever card as yeah. an international player, and it's this, it's a the ruck and the red card. It's yeah. becoming a a relationship in in you know. Cupid put it together mm-hmm. or something because mm-hmm. players just are not learning that when you go into a ruck, if you lead with your shoulder, but it is that issue, like we said in previous podcasts. Yeah, what are you supposed to do? The body height is so low. It's all like there's going to be contact with a shoulder yep. and the head at some point. It's just the, the level of force, how you go in there, <laughs> everything like that. It's, yeah, it's it's a messy one that eventually will get it sort of sorted up. But like you said, the yep. best ability is availability. Your players need to know not to be doing that. Yep. Um, and then. Um, Dupont getting a red card, and it, it was just such a seesaw battle. Yeah. Uh, and I said it in the the recap video that I put out um, that South Africans are going to be so mad, and they always are, yeah. as they are when they lose a game. Oh, the ref did this, ref did that, and we're going to talk on um, Razi Erasmus uh, just after this. But two really, really good performance performances by the South Africans against Ireland, number one team in the world, where if they had a goal kicker, that, that was their biggest issue, is no goal kicker. And then this one with everything going against them, a red card, technology against them. Yeah. They lost by four points. Like, you know, like, it's, they, in a game in France, I'm going, if I'm South Africa, I'm like, ah, hey, we lost that game, who gives a fuck? Yeah, we'll come back here and we'll do it on the World Cup stage and a semi-final, quarter-final, and no one's going to remember this game. Yeah, one person who might remember this game is Razi Erasmus because Jesus Christ, he's going down the line of another suspension. Have you seen his Twitter? If not, I I would. I've I've seen stories about his Twitter. I would be checking out his Twitter. I I went down the rabbit hole of it, Uh, and it is. I I love. Rugby doesn't have enough characters, and yeah. by characters I mean just people who are entertaining. Erasmus is entertaining. I give him that. Uh, I love his character in rugby. <laughs> but he epitomises every South African fan. Like, yeah. if there was ever a head of rugby to be so South African, it's Razi Erasmus. Like, his every single little thing, oh, this happened, oh, that happened. And it's like, honestly, it looks like someone, he's got drunk, jumped on Twitter yeah. and just reviewed the game to the world. Now, it's made for fantastic entertainment for me and I'm sure he'll have so many South African fans on his side. Yeah. But at one point or another, you've got to be able to accept the loss and go, mm. hey, this game doesn't matter. The next next year it does, and if this happens next year, then yeah, kick up a fuss. But he's going right down the line of getting another suspension, and yeah. we just I just don't want to see that. Like the ref, like Wayne Barnes, I thought had a, pre, a a pretty damn good game for how messy it was again. 
and how he handled himself. And refs just don't deserve that. Like, it's just, uh, yeah, it's one of those things. Again, expectations leads to this, which leads to criticism, mm. which then leads to problems. And it's just like, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, I'm just looking at some of his stuff now. His last tweet is just like, if it's the classic, like, feel free to block or mute me if you don't agree with my tweets, but don't use me for clickbait articles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, he just has videos of moments of the game. And a lot of his videos... Mm. I don't want to say because he's not wrong. Like, there's a, m- a moment there, Gal Fikal, the uh, centre, comes in from the side, is offside, could be a penalty blown. But he's sp- stopped like or played a video for a 0.5 second of a moment where Wayne Barnes maybe didn't make the right decision. These referees have moments like that for 80-odd minutes. Yeah. Like, it's a, it's a half a second. It's a, it's a second that you've decided to, to focus on. And decisions go both ways. There's... There, France were not heavily advantaged other than the TMO incident so much with the ref's decisions yep. in that game. So I just go, ah, oh, sometimes you've just got to accept that ain't not a loss that you're not good enough, but that these things happen and yeah. it's a way of life. Yeah, like, no, no team is perfect. Wayne Barnes is the most famous referee in New Zealand for all the wrong reasons. And if we can take 10 years to get over something, I think, you know, for a game that doesn't actually mean a hell of a lot. Yeah. Razor, you can get over this eventually. 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 I'll give him a year. <laughs> It'd take it. Um, a couple other highlights from the round of rugby. Yep. Wales beat Argentina. We've mentioned that before, but mm-hmm. like that was quite a surprise after the way they got beaten by New Zealand. They tackled at a 92% tackle rate. Wales made 190-odd tackles. God. Very, very good defensive showing after the uh, Wales, uh, the All Blacks performance. And then England and Ireland get comfortable wins against lesser opponents. Man, Fiji could be a force if they fucking knew how to stay disciplined. They're worse than you, like two yellow cards and a red. It's just like, you know, Fijians deliver big hits. But like, yeah. seriously, just keep it between, you know, here and there, and we're good. Like, they, mm. they need to learn that at some point. Availability is the best ability, is it yep. not? Uh, Husey, have you got a star of the week for us this week? Star of the week. Uh, it, look, just from watching the highlights of the, um, I don't want to call him Cappuccino, but it's Ange Cap- Capuzino. Capuzino. I, yeah, I, I can't pronounce the name. I don't want to do Ange. him the, the insult of getting his his name wrong. I'm going to look it up. Capuzo. 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 That's that one. Okay. Ange Capuzo. Yeah. Ange Capuzo. Uh, probably. Capuozo or something like that. It's but the fullback for Italy, yeah. right? What a game! What a game! <laughs> Fire out! Like just the for me, the moment was the dummy on Marky Mark. Like that's just it. Just showed it's that it's, it, France and Italy got that little bit of flair to them, a little bit of just like <laughs> salt bay. Yeah, just a little bit of, you know that will just that they'll just make a decision there that other teams probably wouldn't make, right? And that's probably why. Marky Mark went for the the outside man because he thought this guy's going to pass it here, but he just had the the self belief in himself to to just go for it. Um, He's only twenty three as well. Yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, and uh, this might lead into our next talking point, but Adi Sevier had another solid, <sighs> solid showing that at this point it's almost just becoming routine for him how well he's playing. Not well enough to get nominated for World Player of the Year, though, Royal Rugby. Shit! God damn! You know, you said at the start, just be nicer to people. I can't be nice to World Rugby when they screw me! You know what I feel like? I feel like this is... I don't know if you've ever watched WWE, but this feels like the Montreal screw job. It's the <laughs> it's the, it's the Oriental Rongatai screw job for Adi Savia. It's ridiculous, all right? Okay, four players were nominated. Josh Van der Flyer. Johnny Sexton from Ireland, Lacano Arm from South Africa, and Dupont, Dupont from France. Now, it's really hard because those four players, I don't want to say they don't deserve it, because the two Irishmen, you know, did something that hasn't ever happened before, yeah. Irish, and they've been fantastic. Dupont didn't play in the mid, the uh, series, the mid, uh, mid-year mid series, because yeah. they played Japan and they didn't care the French. Uh and, you know, hasn't been fantastic at the end of this year. So what are you picking them on? Yeah. Based off the Six Nations, which they won. Definitely understand it. And then his club form, which you could argue that it doesn't matter as much. Yeah. 
then Lakana Arm. Now, I don't want to go down the wrong road with him because he was he was probably going to... His injury, I'm going to say it, just about cost, I think, South Africa the rugby championship yeah. because he was that fantastic. And I don't want to take away from him, but he got injured halfway through it. Yeah. So he's missed it. So he's not playing any more games now. So as much... And best I, ability is availability. Best ability is availability. As much as I want Arm to win it, like I really do. Yeah. Like he, he, to me is probably the best player in the world at rugby at the moment. But saying that, to not have Adi Savia nominated, I just don't know. I don't understand it. I really yeah. don't. I, I go, South Africa haven't won anything this year. Mm-hmm. Well, I know they, they beat Wales in their series, but they haven't won anything. So how are you giving the mm-hmm. DuPont one of six nations? I can understand, but the Irish beat New Zealand, and in one of those games a very costly mistake was made by New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And that was by bringing Adi Savier off when there was a yellow card and he wasn't able to come back on. And we lost that game. So I just, I just sit here and I go, there's every, everything's pointing me to just nominate him. It's just ridiculous. And my vent's over. Yeah, very nice. I knew you needed to get that out. So I just, I could today I, I woke up today and I, <laughs> I just saw everyone being like in disbelief. Like the yep. whole rugby, like, even, even if you just said, okay, this year we're going to make it five people. Mm-hmm. I don't mind if he didn't win it, but just nominate it. Like, I hope he goes out against England and puts on the greatest performance ever and just makes everyone look back and go, what the fuck? Now, I'm going to say this. I am doing a 100 to 1 like the NFL do yep. for rugby players uh, for the year of 2022. I'll be sending the list to Husey before I finalise it so he can... Make sure I'm not being biased. Michael Hipper, number one, of course. <laughs> I can tell you Artie Savi is going to be in the top four. Yeah. I can already tell you that. So, I don't know. World Rugby, explain it to me. I'm going to tag you in this in my rant, and I'm going to ask you just for an explanation. I don't want to know. I don't want to. You don't, you, if you can give me a, a, a good explanation about why Artie Savia has not been nominated, I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll take it. I'll take it. But it's like, if you're if you if you're nominating Arm, why are you not nominating Karevi? Because in the yeah. game he played, he was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Are we are we doing this world rugby? Are we doing this? Are we doing this? Okay, okay, okay. I gotta relax. Let's let's move on to the fun chapter. All right. One TikTok comment. Luke's here, like yeah. I, he, I'm standing up for him, like he's, he's like he's dad. about to walk through that door and take you in his arms. Yeah, and carry me to world rugby player of the year glory yeah. that he'll have one day. Um, I actually think you could, you could pull off an all black dress, I reckon, to be his be his arm candy. For I could, oh girls. yeah, I'd look yeah. good in all black dress. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe I don't know. <laughs> um, last last week we did our yeah we had some fun last week. We we did our fictional Ford packs, just a yeah. bit of fun. It's a bit of fun, guys. You know, it's sport at the end of the day. We like having a bit of fun. Yeah, we just we just it's, it's just a hobby, rugby. It's yeah, it's just a hobby. <laughs> it's just a hobby, guys. Um, That's an in joke. None of our listeners will no, care. They won't. But hey, uh, fictional character backlines for this week. Yeah. So, well, well, why don't we? Before we get into our backlines, uh, we've got you've posted, I believe, somewhere our. Uh, I don't know if you still have it, but our fictional. Uh, front rows, oh, fictional fr- uh, Ford packs, packs, I should say. Uh, we've only got them in. They're only vi- video form. Yeah, only I video form. Made them because I'm going to make the whole teams. Game yeah, but uh, I can remember mine, so don't even worry. Okay, well, we'll we'll list yours off. The thing, uh, Iron Man, or mm-hmm. one, the thing, two, Iron Man, three, Snorlax, four, Mister Incredible, five, Groot, six, Hulk, seven, four, eight, Moana, Maui. Yep. Sorry. Moana. Okay. For mine, number one was Juggernaut, number two was Wolverine, number three uh, was the Mountain from Game of Thrones, number four was also Mr. Fantastic, I couldn't disagree with, with that one, uh, number five was Ant-Man, uh, number six was Thanos, uh, number Superman. seven was Superman, and number eight was Captain America. Yep. Um, right. Uh, so now we've got to go with our fictional backlines to, to complement these, so... If you if you would like to go first, yeah, I uh, Husey's seen mine because it's in the run sheet, yeah. uh, but I haven't heard of Husey's yet. But I'm going to explain my decisions for my yeah. choices. Robin, the number nine, mm-hmm. uh, I just thought 
little small darting around character. It was between him and Dash from Mr. Incredibles. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. thinking it too, but I just felt Dash had probably too much speed and was a bit too all over the place. I he's, a bit, he's a bit raw. Yeah, I don't think he could, he'd be out of focus and hit, yeah. hit passes it consistently. Robin, that guy that you just want kind of be the background character, but to set mm. everyone else up. Ten, I stole this one for you, no lies. Hawkeye, yeah. pinpoint, won't miss a kick, love it. Uh, Eleven, Flash, easy. Can't go wrong with that. <coughs> On the wing. Uh, Twelve, I was like, inspiration. I looked for it and I found Ma'anonu. Yeah. So I said, okay, what's Ma'anonu in Superman character, uh, or uh, uh, a fictional character? And I said, well, there's this re- recent superhero. Yeah. Now, I took Maui because he was... Na- he was uh, Obviously voiced by The Rock, but I said, hey, I'm better. I went Black Adam and yeah. said, hey, it's, it is The Rock. Um, I just watched that movie as well. Great movie. I enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it as well. Uh, 13 is Batman for me. I thought yeah. just a dependable centre, quiet, very Conrad Smith-like. I went yeah. for the Anani Conrad Smith centre pairing. Uh, 14, Quicksilver, another yeah. speedster. And 15, we'll have no trouble with the high balls. It is Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very nice. I, <coughs> I enjoy those. I enjoy those a lot. Um, and I'm, I'm going to read my sort of counter team here. So I've tried as best I can to not have any of the players in your fictional backline so that we can have our, our contrast. And because you did take Hawkeye from me, I did steal that, that forced me into a different thing. So my number nine, now this is a bit of a left of field one, is the Green Lantern, right? Okay. With that, so with that ring, right? Yeah. Whenever he's box kicking, he doesn't need forwards in front of him. He just puts up a barrier, box kick over that. Like Perfect that. ball placement every time with his ring. Right as well, um, as well, he's got uh, he's got speed. He's got invulnerability. Never need to worry about a Ford uh, putting a big hit on him. Just the only thing I'm worried about is he may let you down at moments, just like the movie did. Yeah, but just like other Ryan than that. Did. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing about Robin is that he might get murdered. Just like <laughs> um, right, number ten. Now you went Hawkeye, so I was like, well, I'm going to just go DC's version of Hawkeye, the Green Arrow. And then I've already got in my nine and ten. I've got a great pairing. I've got the the Green Gang, Gang Green, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, right? So I've already got the marketing sorted for that as well. But just like Hawkeye, never going to miss a shot. As well, though, has survived on a desert island. Has got a bit more toughness than Hawkeye oh, as well. Number eleven, you took the Flash. I thought, all right, I'm going to go the Flash, but harder hitting, a bit more ruthless. Don't know if you've seen the series The Boys, but I'm I going A Train. Oh yeah, someone yeah, yeah, that yeah, literally. Yeah. Exploded someone by running over them, Fair right? Enough. As fast, fastest man on the planet, right? Josh, Josh, Josh Adekar, Adekar. <laughs> style, right? Uh, so A Train, the Flash, but more ruthless, right? Hard hitting. Number twelve, right? Now the, the centers was were hard for me because I've already picked Superman, um, and we discussed last week how Superman would be a good center. Yeah. So I I cast my mind around my uh, fictional universe uh, knowledge of characters, right? Uh, and I came up with a, a center pairing I am quite a fan of. Number 12, Homelander from the boys. I was yep. like, A-Train, Homelander, they've already got some some chemistry Good as combo, well. Yeah. Um, I can see some inside balls coming to A-Train yep. as he hits. So it. Homelander's got speed, he's got power, and he can fly, right? 13, I've gone Omni-Man from the Amazon Prime series Invincible. Well, I haven't seen this one. I don't so. know if you said Omni Man. He's played by um, J.K. Simmons. Yep. He's got a killer mustache. Uh, and he's just basically Superman if Superman ripped people in half. Uh, he takes his own son and runs him through a train full of people and kills all the people on the train to teach him a lesson about how little human life matters. I think that's an excellent quality for your 13 to have, to just be so uh, disrespectful of your opposition's uh, uh, life. And, and things to just run over the top of them. So I do have that moustache. I've really gone for uh, for some bastardry in my backline. Yeah, you're a bit of a prick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> number fourteen, though, I redeem it a bit with um, I've gone Shazam. So also from oh, the Black yep. Adam universe. Yep. Um, very very fast. We've seen him in the movies. His name is literally Shazam. Like yep. you know, he's got the lightning bolt on him and everything. But he's also got uh, a bit of strength as well, right? So he's not just speed. He's got power too. Uh, because you know we we look at some of the best wingers in the world at the moment. Marika Corbetti, he's got speed, but he's also got that power, power. right? Yep. Uh, Caleb Clark, fearsome winger, he's got some got, got some, some power, power on him as well, right? And then fifteen, uh, the man I sort of want directing everything behind the scenes. Um, you need a hero at, at fifteen. Now, uh, Spider Man, he gets dusted. 
he's unreliable, right? <laughs> you look at at his points in the movies, he's he's letting everyone down, right? He in in the latest Spider-Man movie, he sets off a multiversal chain of events that nearly destroys everyone and makes everyone forget about him. And that's going to be his performance in this game. He's going to have a forgettable one. <laughs> I have gone with the main character, with the man who none of the Marvel universe would be there without. I've gone Iron Man. Right, yep. computer targeting systems never going to drop a ball. He's got literal nanobots to mold his body and hands to the shape of the ball as well. Right, he is a leader. He's a proven leader. He can rally the troops. He will make the sacrifice for his team. We saw it in Endgame, and that's what you need from a fullback as well—someone that will put their body on their line for the team. So you've got at fifteen Iron Man, yeah, and at eight Captain America, yeah, who have. A whole movie about fighting each other, but then they come together at the end. Yeah, they sure. literally yeah, come, together. come together. At they the come, end. they yeah. come back. They There's come always that tension. There's that not tension in, there. Who is the big dog? Game. Who's your captain? Who's got Superman, Captain America, and Iron Man? Who's the who's the captain of the that, team? Yeah, Iron Man. Even Captain America knows Iron Man is the captain of the team. Yeah, Superman's going to sit there and accept that. You reckon? Super, Superman doesn't need to be the leader of the team. He, Superman's not even the leader of the Justice League. It's just, Batman. Just, but you don't have Batman in your team. I do, exactly. So maybe Superman wants to stand up. You're gonna, your captain's going to be your fullback. Interesting choice. Yeah, I know. Iron Man. But that's how much I believe in his leadership his leadership qualities. Iron Man as well, right? You look at you look at Superman, you look at Captain America. They're nice guys, right? Where do nice guys finish? Last, yeah. right? Mm. Who's the most successful test captain in All Blacks history? Sir Richie McCaw, right? Yeah. What is he? A bit of a cunt. No, he's the nicest guy in the world. He's not. I've he's not. He gets, no. He no. no what makes him? him what makes him such a great captain? What made Cameron Smith in the NRL such a great captain? Got that little bit of little bit of an edge to them, right? A little bit of they'll push the line, right, to do what they think they need to do to win the game. What the, your issue with Batman as captain? Well, I don't have Batman as captain. What your issue as Batman, Captain America, Superman as captain? They've all got a code. They've all got a line. Oh, I've got right? my captain would be four. You can't be Thor. Are you kidding me? He's a god. He's a legitimate god. Okay, ability does not equal leadership. Uh, I'm not bothered by that. Well, he, he will lead that's us to what, victory. That's why you will lose, because it's like we said last time, it is not about having a team of champions, it's about having a champion team. I just want it said. Who kicked Who kicked Thor's wait, ass? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, I've even gone even further. You, you've got Iron Man yeah. and Captain America. You've also got Iron Man... And Thanos. Yeah, I know. That's a terrible combo. No, it's not. The inner fighting of your team, I can already see No, because the, they're unified by the oh, team. What, Do you know why? <laughs> Do you know, they're unified by being on this team. Do you know why you've got they're unified? two dead players in your team, basically. Ability is availability is the best ability, Hughesy. Yeah, availability not, is the best ability. The chrono, well, if we're going by who's alive and who's dead, by the by the time that this game's come around, Black Adam's still frozen in in, in his tomb. All right, Spider Man's been dusted. All right, uh, Robin, it, which Robin are you talking about? They all die so quickly. All right. Like we've got it, we're, we're we're looking at this. The way I've got this ahead is we're looking at this at a point in time where all these different players are alive. Now my team is rallying behind a central idea, right? <laughs> my my team has come together with a purpose. What is that purpose? Husey's promised that he'll take him out for us if they win. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the Wallabies are. <laughs> I'm fighting for that purpose. You know at the why? <laughs> you know why? Because Michael Hooper's not captain, and also Iron Man's not captain. That's why. If that, if that, if that was if they were captains, that would. They'd be winning games. If Michael reason. Hooper was captain of the wall, Michael. If Michael Hooper was captain of the Wallabies, would not would not have lost to Italy. If Michael Cooper, Hooper was captain of the Wallabies, you'd think he would have won a Bledisloe by now. If he was that good, I'm just saying you're he's comparing. Been, he's been. He's been. He's been let down. He's been hamstrung by been, his. He's been his let down by the same way Iron Man was let down by Spider Man in uh, Spider Man uh, Homecoming. I see. Yeah, it's all right, mate. Don't worry. I'm actually talking about the Tobey Maguire Spider Man, sir. Sorry, I'm talking about the Tobey Maguire Spider Man. Tobey Maguire Spider Man, yeah. who let his uh, Aunt May die, and his uncle, who caused the death of his uncle Ben. I'm not. Wow. Ruthless. That's what we want at the back. It's not ruthless. ruthless. It's careless. It's careless. You what? You want careless? Thanos. Thanos literally snapped half a half a half a. Yeah, but he wasn't gone. careless about it. He knew what he was doing. He was psychotic. It's different from being careless. Oh, okay, I see. It's so, sociopathic. Yeah, yeah. It's way different. I can from just being careless. already see the inner fighting in your team. There won't be any. There's going to be so the drama in your in your locker rooms. I'll be surprised if your team makes the field. That's all I'm saying. They're, 
No, mate. They're, <laughs> they're easily making a field. You've got all of that, and then you chuck in a couple of the boys who we, we know they're loose cannons. We know they are. Look at South Africa. They won the World <laughs> Cup. It's a team full of loose cannons. It's a team full of loose cannons. Uh, I would say that's that, a, yeah. That's a team where, that was a part of a nation separated by apartheid, <laughs> and they won a World Cup. There's a whole movie about it. Have you seen Invictus? All right. Oh, Matt Damon. If you'd selected yeah. Matt Damon, yeah. I would back I should have put Jason Bourne in the team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or Jason, he is, he, is in, uh, he is in Thor, right? So maybe I should have selected uh, Loki as played by Matt Damon. Matt Damon. And then and I would have been... Uh, then I would have... It would have been... It would have been... Yeah. <laughs> uh, just to finish off, we had a, uh, a listener send in a fictional XC uh, done by NFL yep. with NFL players. And I just thought, because Husey is our NFL power rankings guru, mm-hmm. uh, I would run this through, run him through this and then a couple of changes yeah, I yep. just noted. But So at, at, at prop, at number one, Tristan Wirfs of the Tampa like Bay Bacon yep. is really good. Aaron Donald at two, which is interesting. It's interesting to me, yeah. I, I see him more as a back rower rather than a hooker. I reckon if he... I can see why you put him at hooker. He's a back row converted hooker, I reckon. Yeah. I reckon I don't reckon it's a bad The only from. other one because you sort of want your hooker, you you want a little bit sort of shorter and nuggety. I'm feeling like a, a running back in there, like a, a bit of a like I feeling like a Jonathan Taylor in there. Jonathan Taylor's pretty tall. He's he's not uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, keep going. Isn't he, isn't he like five ten? I'm just saying he's like Aaron Aaron Donald's like six foot, isn't he? Is he? <laughs> I feel like Aaron Donald's taller than Jonathan Taylor. Anyway, what's one point eight five meters? That that's we'll six use. foot, isn't it? And then Jonathan Taylor, because I know Derek Henry's like six foot two. Yeah, so I'm not putting Derek Henry in in, in it hooker. Oh well, yeah, okay. So one point eight for Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, so. I, yeah. five centimeters. But anyway, yeah, I just feel like uh, I I just I'm a bit iffy on Aaron Donald. I feel like I want someone a bit shorter, a bit more nuggety in there. Look, Jonathan Taylor was just an example, but like a short nuggety running back. If if he was still playing, I could see uh, like a Maurice Jones Drew yeah. as a really good hooker with those fucking powerful thighs as well. Uh, Ladanian Tomlinson, we, he's got good throwing ability as well. That's another part that you need a hooker. So, uh, but I, do, I don't mind Aaron Donald there. Honestly, I don't mind him there. Laramie Tunsil, obviously. Uh, uh, all right. I would say Quentin Nelson would be my pick oh, over him there. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Uh, and this is where I get a bit interested. Kellyus yeah. Campbell and JJ Watt as the locks. Now, mm. they're tall players, but I would go, and I've put there, wide receivers who are tall. So Julio Jones and Mike Evans. I, w- I actually feel like some tight ends could go in there. You could you could definitely do that. You could get an Eben Itzbeth type yeah. mold. Um, I just went with the athletic of those two. You could yeah. chuck them up. You could, you could, yeah, hundred percent. Um, but that's why I feel like the tight end you get the best of both worlds. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know, Jimmy Graham, like yeah, Jimmy then, Graham kind of style tight end. Mold, yeah, yeah. Uh, at six, he's gone George Kittle. Yeah, see, I don't agree. Don't yeah, we'll, we'll read out the full back row yeah. and then we'll six George Kittle, seven Von Miller, eight Travis Kelce. Right, so we need to do some, we need to do some work here, right? So Von <laughs> Miller needs to go to six. Yep. Uh, sack off George Kittle. Uh, seven, you put TJ Watt in, obviously, because ball thief turnover extraordinaire. Like you need to put him in there. Eight. Mm, I don't know if I would go Travis Kelsey at eight. What are your thoughts on eight? Yeah, I, I'm the. I don't know if I would. It's not a bad eight. Yeah, like I think he could do the job. I, I think a running back probably suits into eight. Yeah, you could. That's I. You reckon Derrick Henry there? I liked him at thirteen. He's got he's yeah. got Derrick Henry at thirteen, and I just thought that was a that's a good that's a good spot for a good him. Good spot for him. Um, who's another decent running back? Uh, no, I well, actually I think. Let's move Derek Henry into eight. Yeah. Because we can move Christian McCaffrey into 13. Yeah, like that's, that. a, that's a good one. Uh, and then nine, he's got Russell Wilson. Now, I had a good mm. one here, Kyler Murray. Yeah. Kyle, at the moment, Kyler Murray would be a little better than Russell Wilson. Yeah. Uh, I'm still not probably terribly happy with either of those on current form. Uh if he was still playing, I think uh, Drew Brees. Drew yeah, Drew Brees. Just <laughs> pinpoint passes every time. Like the man literally was like hitting dartboards, yep. um, bullseyes on dartboards. Yeah. Uh, Ten Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I like that one. I, really I like that, like one. that one. Eleven Tyreek Hill. I yeah. was like the cheater. Easy. Yeah. Now twelve, he named Josh Allen, and I didn't like that. No. Now, the only reason is I think it's not a bad selection, but I think this is where we go with a bigger centre. So yeah. I put Jonathan Taylor, who he had named at 14, yeah. into 12. Yeah. 
And then I put Justin Jefferson onto the wing. Yeah, I like um, that. Because he's just an athlete. 13, we've moved Derek Henry into eight. So I go Christian McCaffrey. I like yep. that combo. And then 15, I really like this one. Derwin I do like Derwin James. Yeah, like a, a good a safety, safety in yeah. there. I mean, Steelers bias, I'd say Minka Fitzpatrick, but Derwin James, I put in there. Minka Fitzpatrick's got his appendix removed anyway. He's unavailable with injuries. So. Availability yeah, Derwin James. is the yep. best ability. Yeah. Yeah, Excellent. So, yeah, good. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, maybe we'll make up a couple of those of our own. Yeah. Um, like, just do it as a graphic and put that out and see who makes the best uh, rugby XV with NFL players. That's a cool idea. So, watch yeah. out for that on our Instagram page. Uh, I think that's us done. I think that's the yeah. rugby world. Uh, a big game for you lot and a big game for us this weekend. England, Ireland. Mm-hmm. Up the Anzacs, yep. of course, as always. Up the Anzacs. Uh, can New Zealand go two from two week back-to-back weeks against England? That would make my life. Mm-hmm. Can the Wallabies bounce back? Can we upset the rugby world? You know, we had it, the, the upset against us this week. Can we... Pass it on. Can we, yeah, can we return serve against the Irish who beat the South Africans? I mean, look, we beat the South Africans uh, as well, so... Look, we beat the uh, we nearly beat the French and the French beat the South Africans, so we've got every chance in there. All, all signs point towards that we can do it. All signs point towards a Wallabies victory. Is that what you say? No, no. I said all, <laughs> I said all signs point towards that we can do it. But that's the way. But there's never been any question whether the Wallabies can do it or not. Is the thing. It's whether they, yeah, they will, will do it. Do it. Uh, bigger question. Really interesting will be the team selection for you guys. Yes. Uh, after so many changes, will they go back? Uh, yeah, it'll be really interesting. Be a good game. But we will be here again to do all talk talk all about it again next week. Yeah, I guess I just last thing to say uh, weekly reminder that the ghetto law should be scrapped. Right as it comes. <laughs> <out>. <laughs> uh.